Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. All right, everybody, welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. Listen, I want to talk to you about something incredible today. If this is your first time checking out this podcast, if you've never heard some of our History Makers content, this is one you're going to want to not just listen to casually, even though you might be jogging or in your car or something like that. Pay close attention, and if you can, even even take some notes, because I'm going to be talking about what took me 38 years to learn, <laughs> the secret of kings, I've called it, uh, or it could be called, actually, but 38 years to discover this, this secret, and I would have to say, other than the you know continual discoveries of the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is one of the greatest wisdoms I've ever learned. And so, normally we only share some of this stuff in our intensive trainings, uh, but today I just want to give you a snippet. Uh, I just want to give you a little bit of this of this subject, and we've got actually History Makers training coming up, the History Makers experience actually at the end of May, so check out historymakersacademy.com and you can get plugged into that and uh, actually take the training for yourself. But here it is, here it is. This is, if I were to summarize it for you, and when I say it, you're going to think, oh, it was clickbait. This isn't deep. <laughs> Why did he give it such a title? Just stay with me and let me unpackage this a little bit. Okay, here it is. All of life is governed by laws and principles. All of life is governed by laws and principles that God himself instituted and created. So God actually created all of life to function by and adhere to certain laws and principles that includes both the spirit realm and the natural realm. So if there are dimensions that God has created, there are laws and principles that God has fixed by his authority uh, for the whole world to function. Essentially without him, having to continually, miraculously intervene, okay? So all of life is made up by, by governing laws and principles that do not require him to be in the office every day performing miracles to make things function. <laughs> he is the ultimate uh, CEO. So then we as believers, we as the leaders of this world, and let me say this, if you ever wondered why many times believers are not the uh, the head, but they're the tail, and it seems like the heathen at times. Those who don't know Jesus are the head in the world. Uh, this is simply because of this law that I'm stating right here. Many times in the name of spirituality, in the name of religion, really, we think that just because we know God or we've been saved and redeemed, that automatically we should be leading the world and there should be money appearing in our bank accounts and we should never be sick and, and just everything is going to be just 
you know, the angels will bring us food each day. We'll live by the miraculous. And I'll even touch on where miracles fit into this. So I don't want to downplay miracles, all right? So, but this is why oftentimes the unbeliever is getting ahead in the earth. It's simply because of the laws and principles that they know and understand that we don't because we're relying on God for everything. <laughs> that might be a moment to sip, sip your coffee right there. But because all of life is governed by laws and principles that God instituted, there's a principle here that I, I want to share with you. If a person, Christian or not, can discover the fixed laws that govern and rule a particular sphere of life, then you can rule as God would rule in that sphere, and outcomes can be predicted. <laughs> Did you catch that? If you can discover the fixed laws that govern life, you can rule in life as God would because of what he knows, and life can become predictable. Certain outcomes can be predicted. If I understand the laws and principles that govern a particular sphere, whether that's education, business, uh, government, politics, I'm just mentioning some of the sociological spheres here. But if I can discover what laws, take money for example. Man, it's taken me years to discover that money is not emotional. And money ultimately is not rooted and the management of money, God does not expect you to manage it by miracles. God expects you to manage money according to the laws of money, the principles that govern the realm, the dimension of finance. He expects you to learn them, know them, and govern according to kingdom principles. And they've always been right there before us. But we often will default simply to the miraculous, wanting God to do everything and God doesn't like to do it this way because he produces codependent children <laughs> that are relying on him for everything. Every time we need money, we're naming, claiming, looking for a suddenly miracle, which many times we need, don't we? But the general day-to-day -day rule is miracles are the exception. Laws and principles govern life, okay? So if we as, as Christians, can you imagine if we could investigate what the governing laws and principles are of a particular sphere of life, then we could rule in that sphere as God rules, adding the supernatural, adding the anointing, which by the way, those are laws of another dimension, the spirit dimension, which is where Christians really shine, and I'll, I'll pull the two together. And this will also help you understand how Daniel and Joseph and the biblical greats were able to be used by God the way they were. So, let me give you a few, a few principles here. God has established all of life on laws and principles. Therefore, life is predictable. Even though God is the author of it, of all of life, he has established the earth in such a way that it can function without him. In fact, Psalm says, the heavens are the Lord's, the earth has been given to the sons of men. This is the most important principle that I discovered, especially as how kings reign, how history makers make history, and the leaders of this world, those who lead, those who are the influencers, how they have become that way. And believers need to be this way too, so we can int introduce people to Jesus ultimately, 
Because it doesn't matter how successful you are in this life, if you don't run into Jesus, <laughs> you're not going to have a, a next life, so to speak. All right, so we see this in the beginning of Genesis. We see that God created everything once and then subjected it to a system based on certain laws and principles. Now that's a loaded statement, so let me just say that again if you're watching uh, visually this, this podcast being recorded today on some platform. But, but uh, God has created everything once and subjected it to a system of reproduction or a system based on laws and principles that allows it to function without him. For example, he created the sun once. He doesn't set his alarm earlier than yours <laughs> and get up in the morning and perform a miracle to make the sun rise. No, he created the sun and then he subjected it to a solar system that functions based on laws and principles. Excuse me. And so scientists are studying these laws and principles. They're finding out how the solar system works, how the sun, the earth, the, you know, all of our planets, how everything rotates. And this is called science. But science is really, if it's true science, the discovery of the light of God, the discovery of how God did what he did, how he does what he does, and how his creation functions. <laughs> and of course, the scientists like to leave the CEO out of it because God is seen in a different dimension. But uh, the reality is he created the plants and, and the animals once. He created the plants, plant life once on earth, and then it was subjected to a reproduction, a reproductive system. And the Bible actually says that it uh, uh, reproduced after its kind. So it, you could almost say it was in charge of its own reproduction. <laughs> then animals, he blessed animals to reproduce after their kind. He empowered them and they were subjected. He created them once and then subjected them to a system of reproduction based upon laws and principles. And then man, he created Adam and then out of Adam's side, he built Eve as the original Hebrew. And we see that man and woman reproduce after their kind. Listen, if you do any study, and if you're a med medical doctor out there or a or, uh, scientist of, of some kind and you understand physiology, biology, when you look into the skeletal system, circulatory system, <laughs> respiratory system, digestive system, you find out that your whole body is this complex conglomerate of systems functioning on, on laws and principles that God created. And, and you are not living like a, every day a miracle. Today, I did not uh, make a declaration or a prophetic word. I didn't pray for coffee. I went as a mature son, <laughs> son of God, uh, and I went and I made my own coffee. You as a daughter of God, you did some things today that God empowered you to do because you're his daughter, you're his son. He doesn't produce codependent children, but interdependent sons and daughters. Can I get an amen on that one? Excuse me today. God has established all of life on laws and principles. Now, uh, when we look at God being the creator of the universe, does he intercept, does he interject into this, this world of laws and principles? Absolutely, he is sovereign. 
But when God empowers us to learn the laws and principles that govern a particular sphere, that's when we begin to see God-like, our God-like nature emerge, if you can handle what I, what I just said. So when we look at, say, the realm, I mentioned finance already, why some unsafe people are so wealthy. Because they've learned the laws and principles that govern finance, that govern money, while we're depending on a miracle from God for financing, which God often does, but even then he will not break his own laws to supernaturally give you money that you're not mature enough to manage. So if you haven't studied and shown the Lord, hey, I'm ready to manage wealth when it comes, then you can not expect God to take the wealth of the unrighteous who got it through work ethic and knowing the laws and principles of life and then give it to you who know nothing about stewardship of finances. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying here? So many times we find ourselves waiting for God to partner with us using spirit realm power when sometimes God is waiting on us to partner with him using our natural realm efforts. So go and get a book, go and study, learn the wisdom of the day of how certain spheres of life function. You see, this was actually the secret of, the, the, of Joseph. When we read the scriptures about Joseph, we see the journey that he went on to get to a place of becoming prime minister, the lessons he learned along the way. But keep in mind, Joseph, I am certain he did not manage the entire economy of the greatest nation of the then known world, Egypt, simply by prayer and a miracle. <laughs> he must have known something about economics. He must have known something about, about you know, national transformation. He must have understood budgeting and the wisdom of the day, perhaps the wisdom that he even learned in Egypt. However, that combined with righteousness, combined with the power of God, elevated him to a place of global influence that he is today. Let's take uh, uh, Daniel, for example. I love the story of Daniel in Babylon because, again, we tend to look at it as, oh, God just supernaturally did all this through him, and he's kind of on automatic, just under God control. But the reality is Daniel was both spiritual and wise. This is really important here. And, and we see this kind of blueprint or hybrid king throughout scripture. We look at uh, uh, King David. He sought the presence of the Lord, the supernatural, the grace. Of course, he would have ruled by principles as well. But we see an emphasis of his hunger for the presence. And then Solomon, King Solomon, asked the Lord for wisdom. He got to ask God for one thing. He didn't ask for more presence, not that that's wrong, but he asked for wisdom to rule, to build. And we see the combination of the hunger for the supernatural and the hunger for wisdom that comes from God. And we bring the two together to get a real king. If you're a woman out there, a real queen, a ruler in your sphere. So we see in Daniel... Of course, he functioned in the supernatural. Of course, he had a prayer life. But I love that the king put him in charge, who's really the administrator, put him in charge of, of all of the occultists, the witches, <laughs> the warlocks. And we often look at that and cheer and say, wow, you know, this, this man was something. But you know, you know what I think the king was thinking when he delegated this, 
this to Daniel is the king is thinking, look, you guys are all the spiritual people. The, the occultists and, and Daniel, he's interpreting dreams. He's supernatural. I think the king just lumped them all into a supernatural category <laughs> or a department, the department of the supernatural. And he said, but probably he said, the most excellent is Daniel. In fact, it was said of him, he had an excellent spirit and he was wise. He could solve problems, riddles, enigmas. He was an influencer. He was a history maker. He was a world changer. And so God put him in charge over all of those that classified some way, somehow in the supernatural category in the land. And we see again the combination of both spiritual excellence those who, knows, who know the laws and principles that govern the spirit realm, and then natural, earthly wisdom. Those who know the laws and principles of finance, organization, all of that, and you bring the two together to get what we call at History Makers dual rulers or functioning in dual rulership. Now, what is dual rulership? Understand this principle first that we all as believers, have what I call dual citizenship. So dual citizenship means I have citizenship in this earthly realm because I live in an earthly body. The only thing that is giving me authority and even presence here in this natural realm under the sun, as the, as the king says in the wisdom books, the only thing that's giving me authority here is this earthly body. And so I have to function according to earthly laws and principles. I have to eat right. I have to sleep. I have to try to stay healthy so that I can govern well in this dimension. But believers have such an advantage. Christians have such an advantage because we also have citizenship in heavenly places in the very realm of God Almighty. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, the scripture says that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We have a spirit man. So we've got a body, we've got a soul, we've got a spirit, but our spirit man, we actually have authority in two dimensions, both the, both the earthly realm and the spirit realm. And so we can operate in excellence in both and get a result, thus ruling in both as God would rule if he was in our shoes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I get excited about this because it's so applicable to so many areas of life. And your entire life can begin to take leadership, divine leadership in your sphere when you understand and begin to practice this principle. So what should we be doing as believers? We should be learning the laws and principles that govern the spirit world. So that means we've got to get into the word. We've got to learn a few things. We've got to discover how to pray. We've got to be speaking in tongues. We've got to function as God would function in the gifts of the spirit, the nature and the fruit of the spirit. If we function in excellence in these areas, we can have great advantage. Then the earthly dimension, we've got to learn the earthly laws and principles of life. There are laws that are fixed by God. For example, no matter how spiritual I am, if I walk up to the top of, of this condo building right now and I walk off the edge, I might even be speaking in tongues as I'm doing it, but, but I'm going to come under 
the law of gravity. Now, apart from a miracle, unless a miracle happens, which, which it can, but unless a miracle happens, I'm going to fall to my death, <laughs> even though I'm a Christian. Are you catching this? <laughs> In the same way, no matter how spiritual I am, I could be an anointed man of God that gets up on the stage, performs miracles, but if I abuse this physical body, if I eat garbage all the time, gain weight, then, then certain laws and principles will kick in. I'll, I'll struggle with fatigue, might catch some, some diabetes, <laughs> might catch some other things. You can even, if you continue to abuse your body, even though you're doing the work of the Lord on earth, you can eventually even die. Now, yes, you've got your entrance into heaven, but it wasn't very heavenly while you were on earth because though you were adhering to spiritual laws and principles, you were breaking earthly laws and principles. Oh, I hope you're catching this. We need dual rulers today. We have access to this kind of stuff. The original man, the, the Adam before the fall, the Lord Jesus Christ as he walked the earth, our heroes of the faith, Elijah and, and, and Joseph and Daniel, and bringing the two together brings forth a divine excellence, a divine rulership that will cause you to excel and succeed in any sphere of life, okay? I, I think you're catching this obedience to the laws and principles that God has instituted is both spiritual and, and practical. And I often say to our, to our, our history maker graduates to, to pray in life, to pray as if it all depends on God, but work as if it all depends on, on you. A number of years ago, when I didn't understand how money worked, the more you study money, and money management, you, you, come, you run headlong into certain fixed laws and principles that you didn't know. And so you were wondering where your money was going, and because you're a Christian, and we are of a spiritual culture, we tend to default to assuming there's something spiritually wrong. And sometimes there is. I do believe in curses and thorns and thistles that, that hold back certain financial breakthroughs in people's lives. I have seen this, but often this is not the case. It sometimes is, but, excuse me, in my own life, when I was younger and I didn't understand these things, I was thinking they were demons of poverty. <laughs> because I didn't know where my money was going. It's like, it almost seems supernatural. I had money and it, and it was gone. And uh, only when you do a budget do you begin to find out, whoa, this is not as spiritual as I thought it was. I can track and trace through budgeting principles, laws of, of budgeting where my money is going. And so it was at that time that I discovered through a Jewish person, and you'll see that even some segments of humanity, some races even, can be known for... Uh, 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 how can I word it? They can be known for excellent excellence in certain areas. So many Jewish people are very wealthy. I could read you statistics that would blow your mind. You would say, wow, it seems to be segmented to, to the Jews to be prospering this way. Some of that has to do with a covenant between God and, and the Jews a long time ago. But in general, you can find Jewish people who do not even believe in Jesus Christ 
as, as the Messiah, Son of God, who are prospering, and only when you get into the laws and principles that they live by do you discover that the outcome is easily predictable. So, for example, I was told, you know, separate your jars. So think in terms of 30% of what comes in to your life financially does not belong to you. In the sense that 10% you're going to give directly to God, 20% is going to go into savings, sorry, 10% is going to go into savings, then 10%, so total of 30, is going to go against debt or into an investment account. So you have 10% going into uh, tithes, giving to God. You have another 10% going into savings, then another 10% going into an investment account, let's say. Well, you know what? This was fantastic because most people I knew, when an investment opportunity came, they uh, put all their savings into that investment. <laughs> and then if it was a bad investment, they lost all their savings. And I kept hearing these horror stories of people even who God told me to take all, all the money out of my, my you know, checking account and invest in this thing here. Then the whole thing fell apart. The, <laughs> the founder of it was arrested. And I just kept seeing these stories over time. It's just simply ignorance of the laws of life. So this Jewish man said, only invest in things from your investment account, which accumulates over time by putting 10% into an, your investment account. Only 10%, don't touch your savings, and then 10% into savings. So as I began to practice this over time, <laughs> I went into my savings account and I thought, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's supernatural. There's, there's more money in there than I've ever had before. It wasn't really so supernatural. It was simply I had discovered a law of life and began to apply it. Now, here's the key. Consistently. You would be surprised with minor tweaks and a little understanding of how to rule in certain spheres. You can get ahead and rule as God would rule if he was in your shoes and outcomes. Life can be predictable. And so I began to have money over here that I could invest. So this money was making money. I had savings that I wouldn't touch. And I, had, I was consistently tithing and giving over and above. And all of life began to function as if I was in the promised land and not in the wilderness, totally reliant on a miracle every day, even just to eat. Because, you know, that's what happened to Israel in the wilderness. Every day the Lord showed his miraculous power by raining food down on them. Angel food was coming and, and this quails and all this stuff. And they were living depending on a miracle while in the wilderness. But when they entered the promised land, it's not that God stop, stops performing miracles. It's that the emphasis in the promised land is dominion and management according to laws and principles that produces dominion rather than relying on God for a miracle just to survive. Now it's about the mature sons and daughters taking dominion on earth as God would if he was down here in our shoes. He's in that dimension, we're in this dimension, and we're ruling and reigning with him. Now, what about miracles? But the rule that I like to live by, because I see miracles all the time, I pray for the sick, 
I see God do the miraculous in my finances. I see this all the time, but it has come on top of the, my understanding of laws and principles of life that he created. The general rule that I live by is that miracles are the exception. Or, let me say it this way, as offensive as this might be to some of our charismatic religious, <laughs> is that we were never meant to live by miracles. We're meant to live by management, according to wisdom. So we're not meant to live by miracles. Miracles are the exception. And we see them, and we love them, and we enjoy them. I was just meeting with a man yesterday, uh, a very impressive man, founder of our Canada Christian College. He said, Derek, keep pressing in for miracles. You know, this is what we need in the body of Christ. And I would have to agree that if there's ever been a time that we need to see the miraculous, the supernatural, raw power of Jesus, it's now. So we don't throw that away, but rather we combine both wise stewardship of, of this realm and access and stewardship to that realm. But in general, miracles are the exception. When we teach the church to rely only on miracles at the expense of stewardship, what you have is a very uh, codependent, somewhat crippled church, always trying to get something for nothing. I'm sorry to say it that way, but those of you who understand what I'm saying, you, you, you get it. Always pulling on God to do something, and if I can just name it, if I can just declare it, <laughs> all I need to do is just, I'm pressing in for God to, and in reality, God is waiting on you to go and get a job. And begin the process of stewardship. And then as you do that, guess what's going to happen? He's going he's to send you somebody who's going to introduce you to an opportunity to invest. He's going to send you some suddenly moments because he can trust you as a wide, uh, a wise steward of what he wants to give you. Guys, it all comes down to partnership between God and man. We have to pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on us. This is what it is to function as a dual ruler uh, in the earth today. What the greatest secret that I have learned, and, and oftentimes I'm asked this question in our trainings, how do we know when it's we, to rely on the miraculous? And how do we know when it's really just about going and dealing with it in the natural? My friends, I've looked for a really wise, witty answer for that. And the way I choose to answer that nowadays with people is it takes practice. <laughs> just come into this revelation and understanding of this, this principle, this wisdom, and begin to apply it. I'm always praying over my finances. I'm always going after the supernatural and the spiritual. But I'm also giving uh, daily attention to the laws and principles, not just the study of them, but to live by them, to obey them. Because the rule of life is when you break kingdom laws and principles, those principles come around and eventually break you. You don't get away from it, so you might as well learn them so you can rule as a wise king. You can rule as a wise queen. You can rule as God would rule if he was in 
our shoes. Thank you for joining us today on Transformation Generation Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time. Subscribe, share this, let people know about it. If we had more believers with this understanding, we as Christians might actually lead the world and disciple nations. God bless. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.